BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Now, the list of things that you can buy at the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com. Things to wear like Chicago Reader hats, t-shirts, bandanas, and face masks. Things for your daily life like the Chicago Reader camping mug, Chicago Reader tote bags, and a Chicago Reader reporter's notebook. Things for you to read like our Reader recipes, the Chicago Reader 420 Companion, our Chicago Reader Best of book series from journalists Maya Dukmasaba, Mike Sula, Ben Jarofsky, and Lior Galil, the Chicago Reader coloring book, and the Chicago Reader stay home puzzle. Find the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com and show your support for the nation's first free weekly news newspaper since 1971. Bonus time with Andrasky Show. As I speak, it's Wednesday, June 15th, 2022. Here's a headline uh, that we're never going to talk about, but just give you a sense of what's going on in the world. We're not going to talk about this, though. Uh, Biden considers rollback of tariffs to ease inflation. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm so old. I've lived through so many bouts with inflation, so many recessions. I watch how these presidents scramble to make everything work in time for an election day. There's, it's just, and the public, I don't know. I, I, I watch this with amazement every year it happens as the public goes, mm, inflation's going up. I know I'll elect these lawless bandits who believe in undermining and destroying democracy like they could do a better job of dealing with inflation. But I've watched it. Ladies and gentlemen, I've lived through it. Carter, Reagan, Daddy Bush. Baby Bush. Uh, the early Obama, all these periods of economic strife. And I watch how these presidents maneuver, and manipulate try to get the upper hand but we're not going to talk about that we got a really interesting uh, topic that i can't wait to get into uh with my distinguished guests so i'm gonna ask my distinguished guest to introduce herself she's no stranger to this show take it away distinguished guest hi i'm ramana hussein i'm a member of the editorial board and a columnist at the chicago sun times yes and it's that last part of the identification that we're going to start off with uh columnist for the sun times as we speak the column has not yet been written, uh, but by the time you hear this, uh, it will have been written and will have been published, and you can uh, gobble it up uh, and then use this uh, as sort of like, I don't know what, uh, an annotative version, uh, breakdown of what Romana wrote about. So a fascinating story, Romana. I got to uh, concede I knew nothing about this until you alerted me uh, to it, uh, and since then I've come hooked and have been reading up on it, uh, but why don't you start with the very basics of this story that deals with foreign policy, domestic policy, Americans' ignorance of countries other than their own. Uh, take it away, Romana. 
So as Ben, as you know, I've written about um, last year in March, March 2021, I wrote about an ordinance that was coming before the city council to denounce what's happening in India. Um, If you pay attention to what's happening in India, the BJP, which is the ruling party, they're very um, aggressive and uh, have been you know, kind of calling for an all Hindu India. And so this means there's a lot of persecution against religious minorities, um, oppressed castes. And um, one of the biggest targeted groups in India right now is the religious minority of Muslims. Uh, Muslims are the largest minority, um, largest religious minority in India. So um, I guess it's correct to say that people who are similar, have a similar background to mine, um, I'm Indian Muslim as well, my parents are both from India, um, are constantly being attacked. Like hate speech against Muslims is pretty much um, justified. And it's, it's, it's very eerily similar to what's happening in the United States right now. There's a lot of people feeling emboldened enough to say things about religious minorities and oppressed castes. And What's happening in India is influencing the politics here. So last year when I wrote about the ordinance that was appearing before the city council, what started off was that there was this resolution that a bunch of Indian American activists wanted to put out saying what's happening in India is wrong. And they just want to put out this resolution just saying it's wrong on behalf of the city council. And so the um, resolution was actually watered down because some other Indian groups thought it was offensive. And they said, this is not happening in India. They're in denial. And uh, they were actually able to do a pretty good job in reaching a lot of the aldermen and saying that this this um, resolution doesn't need to go through. And the resolution was so watered down. And by the end, Laura just said that, oh, you know, human rights are important. And, you know, India is a democracy and human rights are important. And it was a very generic sort of statement. But even that didn't pass. And this was this was a resolution that was um, basically sponsored by my alderman, Alderman Maria Haddon. And, you know, a lot of Indian American groups that support the BJP had gone out and uh, spoken out against her. They called her Maria Hate on and, you know, all these sort of things. And it was it was very, you know, divisive. And I got a lot of hate mail, obviously, because I was speaking out against what's happening in India. And um, one of the names that came out a lot when I was covering this, a lot of people were afraid to say it on the record. But I think it's safe to say it now on the record, um, at least from my point of view, is Raja Krishnamurthy. He's the congressman, uh, considered very progressive congressman in the you know United States in the Chicago area. Um, Raja Krishnamurthy um, has um, appeared with um, Narendra Modi, who is the leader of the BJP, and um, many different organizations. He's appeared at different events um, of individuals who are sympathetic to the BJP and other organizations that have been calling, you know, basically making, you know, crazy statements about Muslims and other, you know, people who are considered minorities and marginalized groups in India. So a lot of, um, for the last couple of years, a lot of brown people have been calling Raja Krishnamurthy out, asking him about it, and he's been pretty tight-lipped. I can tell you anecdotally, I know some people who don't live in his district, but they're South Asian, they're friends of mine. They actually donated to um, him when he first ran, I think in 2016, because you know they're like, wow, an Indian American, you know, we need more representation. So they actually um, donated to uh, his fundraisers, they went to his fundraisers, and then when he was silent um, about what's happening in India, they a couple of people I know told him told me that they called him out personally because they're politically involved and 
they say from their end that he didn't want to say anything about India. He's like, I'm not going to say anything about India. So I've talked to different organizations. It's not just Muslim groups. There's a new group called um, Hindus for Human Rights that started in 2019 because they feel like there's a lot of right-wing Indian groups who are influencing a lot of politicians here. And I just got off the phone with one of them. And so um, he was telling me that, you know, they're very disappointed in Raja Krishnamurthy for not speaking out. And they, you know, one of their members have contacted him and, um, you know, they were just talking about this discussion back and forth. Anyway, so brown people have been talking about this for years. And all of a sudden, there's this guy named Peter Frederick, who is actually a white guy from California. And he um, is very adamant and very vocal about speaking what's happening in India. And I just got off the phone with him too. And he has um, been, he's moved temporarily to Chicago to specifically address, you know, these problems, you know, or these issues with Roger Gershomorth. And he's kind of accosted him at um, a couple of press conferences and meetings and on May 25th, there was uh, a Bernie Sanders group had asked uh, Peter Frederick to speak on their behalf outside Roger Krishnamurthy's office. So Peter told me, this is Peter's view. He said while he was talking, the PA system went out. So he said he just started re- saying chance. Now in India, when you are supporting a political candidate, you say, you know, say you're for Lori Lightfoot. You say Lori Lightfoot Zindabad. Zindabad means long live. And when you don't like someone, you say uh, Mordabad. Mordabad literally means death too. But in political um, conversation in India, when you say somebody's name with that, that means down with. So this white guy ends up saying it in Hindi slash Urdu. And it probably wasn't the right thing to say, but I actually talked to um, a linguist and a, a, a a professor at University of Chicago today. And he, um, he actually is another white guy. And um, I have to say his, he was, he, he lived in India and he's um, a specialist in Indian languages and uh, South Asian studies at the UC. And he told me that anybody who actually uses that term in India, when it comes to political, nobody would use that to say that it was a death threat. So he said, it's very disingenuous for Roger Krishnamurthy, who actually went out and said that this guy was calling for my death this linguistic professor or this professor, um, associate professor at um, UFC says that's ludicrous. And he knew a lot about what's happening with Roger Krishnamurthy and the questions that he's bringing up. So he said it's very disingenuous for him to bring this up. And he said it literally, even though it means debt to in political terms, it means down with. So, so this is what happened. So Roger Krishnamurthy brings this guy, Peter Frederick's name out. Because, you know, a lot of these right wing groups, I don't know what Roger Krishnamurthy, I mean, he's been questioned about, you know, appearances that he's made. And, you know, some people are saying that he's basically tied to all these groups. I can just I know that he's been at all these events and he's not shied away from it. And he stays pretty quiet about what's happening in India. So he had um, some sort of um, during a debate, he said that, you know, someone called for my death and he mentioned Peter Frederick's name. Now, Frederick's name, all of a sudden, you know, uh, Jesse Jackson put out a couple of tweets about this on June 3rd. I don't know if you saw the tweets, but I can read them to you. If you did, you see them? Um, Okay. Yes, might as well read them. Yeah. So basically, Jesse Jackson had come out and started uh, tweeting. I don't know if it was Jesse Jackson himself, but it basically said it started off with the days of people like Frederick 
making threats against non-white people, especially because of the color of their skin, the religious affiliation, or their country of origin must remain behind us. And then he said, to put it bluntly, saying Nazis out, Raja must go, and death to Krishnamurti is racist, bigoted, incendiary rhetoric that does not belong in our political civic discourse. I condemn Peter Frederick and others who engage with bigoted extremist rhetoric, and I condemn Junaid Muhammad Ahmed, that's his Raja Krishnamurti's opponent, actions in continuing to promote Peter Frederick, the, this event, and sharing this hate speech publicly on social media. And then the last tweet he had was, in the strongest possible terms, I urge all candidates for elected officials to use their platform to unite us and not divide us, and to re- refrain from using hate as a means to scoring cheap political points. Now, people probably are like, oh yeah, why is Peter Frederick you know, going after Roger Krishnamurthy? But what Jesse Jackson's tweets fail to recognize is what's happening in India. So when they're talking about hate, there's actually people being killed in India. I don't know if you saw what happened over, or is happening in the last few days, um, but there's been a couple activists who have spoken out um, against what's been happening in India. Their homes were raised within the last two or three days. And a lot of people have been killed and nobody's been held accountable. So I think, and so a lot of people started tweeting at Jesse Jackson saying that, do you know what Frederick is speaking out against? And so meanwhile, Jesse White, which I didn't know until today, Jesse White also um, put out a statement um, lambasting Peter Frederick. And he said that he was against the homophobic and um, anti-abortion comments that Frederick had made. I called um, Jesse White's office and they said, um, they stand by Roger Kirstenworthy. And I'm like, yeah, but what about the stuff that's happening in India? Well, they're like, well, this guy put out homophobic and anti-abortion comments. So I was kind of confused. And I go, where did you get that from? And I'm like, did someone, they're like, we were just told. And so I'm like, okay, but what about what's happening in India? And they're like, well, we don't know. We can't speak about everything that happens with Roger Krishnamurthy, but we know that we stand by him. Okay, that's fair. So I I went back and called Peter Frederick back. And so he explained to me that he actually did put out um, comments, anti-LGBTQ and anti-abortion comments when he was set between the ages of 17 and 20, when he was part, when he was raised, he was, when he was part of a Christian fundamental group, Peter Frederick told me that part of the reason that he's so adamant about what's happening in India is because the way he was raised. And he said, I've publicly denounced what I've said. I own those comments and I repudiate them. So I just thought it was interesting. I go, well, who do you think told Jesse White's office about this? And we don't know who did that. Jesse White's office couldn't tell me. And so this is just, I just think this is an example of how what's happening in India is affecting what's happening in the United States and how people are using, you know, you know, political activists here and political officials here to quelch or at least silence people who are criticizing what's happening in India. All right. Let's uh, break uh, for what was a great riff, a great opening. And uh, let's uh, took notes on it a few points i want to make one has absolutely nothing to do with anything i'm going to take <laughs> exception to something you said uh bringing back an old debate uh, between ramana and myself uh you said uh raja is very very progressive I'd like to more than one more time point out a difference between uh progressives okay, and li- liberals. Uh, liberal yes he's a liberal he's your classic liberal democrat he is a dem with a capital d he's also a fun raising a machine people and back in the days when i was on the radio before i got fired for my big mouth 
he was a frequent visitor to my show because he was very smart, Ramon. I got to give him credit. He was like, oh, I'm going to talk to this guy. And he, I, he knew I needed guests. So he'd be like, man, no, do you need okay. me to come I mean, on? You can talk to him. I have friends. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm just saying. Like, now that I'm a podcaster, I, <laughs> hey, Roger, where are you at? Uh, so <laughs> just pointing out that when I was on the radio, on AM radio, booming out to a lot of his constituents, it was like, hey, Ben, I want to come on your show. Hey, Ben, you're really smart. <laughs> now I'm not so smart, I guess. Anyway. Uh, but he, I would never, ever, ever call him a progressive. He is your classic Dem. Uh, and right now, listen, we need them to save us from Trump. So I'm not hating on you, Dems. I'm loving you right here. I'm going to embrace you right now. I'm just saying he is definitely not a progressive. Like like you met, like a lefty. All right. Uh, as Now let's... Um, Oh, and as and another point I want to make, uh, the Reverend Jesse Lewis Jackson, he has no greater supporter in the city of Chicago. I'd just like to say that myself, always been fascinated by uh, Jesse Lewis Jackson, but I'm going to tell you right now, Romana, I'll bet you breakfast or lunch at whatever restaurant you pick, there is no way Jesse Lewis Jackson wrote those tweets. I'm just telling you that right now. Somebody oh, has yeah, access I, to I his mean, Twitter account. I, I, will, I, will, I, I agree with that, too. I, I might even mention that in my uh, column, because um, I can tell you, based on the way the tweets were written, they were definitely influenced by these right-wing groups that use this kind of woke language to make it seem like the people who are speaking out against what's happening are the crazy ones and are the racist ones when in actuality it, it's not that way. So I, I don't think it's Jesse Jackson. I mean, I, I, I honestly, like, I don't know what his situation is, but I don't think he, I don't think he sits there and tweets. Um, no, what I know. I don't think he's a, I don't avid, think he's uh, a Twitter um, person. So yeah, I mean, I don't think it was him tweeting, but the thing is, it's on his Twitter account. And so a lot of um, Indian American groups, there's a lot of back and forth. There's a lot of people who are on the left and were very offended. They're like, God, you are actually uh, speaking out against, you're speaking out against a person who's actually calling out against the persecution of religious minorities in a different country. So people are pointing out the irony. They're saying to do your homework. I actually tweeted him. Um, so it's still on his account. So, you know, I, I fair I enough. I just, that, I just know, had to make the rainbow point. push yeah. would know that this is happening. I mean, there's no way they yeah. couldn't, if you look at the responses, there's people responding and, uh, a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of people who like what he said because, you know, they are people who support the, um, the government in India right now. And then there's a lot of people who don't support the government in India right now. And, you know, they responded. So I'm obviously of the latter group. I don't support the government in India right now, and I don't support what they um, represent. And I'd just like to make one more point before I take another deep dive. Uh, Jesse Lewis Jackson also supports uh, national health care along the lines of Bernie Sanders. So all you pro Modi uh, Twitter heads who are tweeting your support to Jesse Jackson, you suddenly have a new appreciation for him. I welcome you to join his call for national health care and other lefty, lefty, not progressive, lefty uh, proposals. All right, Romano, let's take a, let's take a deep dive into this uh, uh, protester, Peter Frederick. 
or how Friedrich, however Frederick, he pronounces yeah. it. I don't know. I don't know how it's pronounced. I should know. I've been talking to him for like I talked to him for at least an hour today. So my guess is from the way it's spelled, it would be Friedrich, but who knows? Yeah. Uh, my guess is that the uh, the, the suburb Des Plaines would be Des Plaines, but who knows? Okay. And All Devon right. is so, Devon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Uh, so, all right. Um, so, you know, uh, you've been around journalism a long time. Uh, here's this guy who's not from India. He's suddenly taking up this cause. Is there any part of you uh, that, that the cynical Chicago journalist who wonders, why do you care? Why are you? No, I, I, I actually did ask him that. And, uh, you know, he he said that um, he's actually. He's actually been someone that's written about this for the last 10 years, and he's actually spoken out against your girl, Tulsi Gabbard, um, three years ago. <laughs> he said that's when his um, homophobic and um, anti-abortion comments came out because he said that he started calling out Tulsi Gabbard, and a lot of people feel like he's kind of been on the rampage, like calling out all these Indian-American uh you know, politicians who aren't saying enough about India. So I did ask him, I'm like, is somebody, did someone fund you like to come here? Because, you know, he left California and he's just all of a sudden living in, you know, the Western suburbs. So I go, oh, so are you living in Chicago now? I'm a little confused. And he told me he's going to be living here temporarily. And that's the reason he came. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of other activists, they're like, you know, I don't want this to become about him because, yeah. and um, uh, the professor I talked to, you know, they're, they're like, you know, they're welcoming what he said, but they're like, there's a lot of brown people who have spoken out about this and nobody paid attention. And I think this is why the Indian, the right wing Indian groups have take, you know, they're like, okay, we can use this opportunity to say, Hey, look, there's this white guy attacking a brown man, except yeah. when we know it was brown on brown, it might've confused like a lot of, you know, the mainstream Americans. So they're like, Oh, yeah. this is like, this is a very easy trope. Like, Hey, look at this white guy going after yeah. Roger Krishnamurthy. So I think it's important to point out, I think the reason why this all came out is because of Peter Frederick, but I think it's important to point out that this has been, you know, Brown people have been, you know, not me just, you know, I just wrote a column, but there's activists who've been speaking out about this over and over and over again. I mean, even John Cusack and that one actor, I'm forgetting his name, the one who was in the one, uh, God, he's an Oscar-winning actor from Chicago. Why am I forgetting his name? Michael Shannon. <laughs> They've okay. spoken out against uh, what's happening in India. And so it's like, it's this is something that people, and I'm those are other two white guys, but, you know, these are, people have been speaking out about what's happening about it. But now that this guy, Peter Frederick, came out and is, you know, going after Roderick Rishamorthy. And of course, people are saying he's being funded by like, you know, all these, you know, groups. And I asked, I asked Peter Frederick, I'm like, is someone sponsoring you to hang out here? Or like, and he's like, no, this is on my own will. And he said that he has a lot of friends who are, you know, religious minorities um, from India. So he said that he's friends with a lot of people who've experienced this firsthand. So this is something that he, is a very important issue for him. And well, uh, by the way, uh, yeah, go ahead. I just want to, I just want to let everybody to know that the over-under uh, on how long it would take a Ramada to make fun of me uh, for Tulsi Gabbard was 20 minutes. Uh, she hit it right on the dot. Uh, I deserve it. So we've talked about it. We're not going to renew this one. But actually, it was Amisha Patel. Shout out, Amisha. Uh, she's sick right now. And I'm just sending out all sorts of good vibrations to you. Uh, one of the great Chicago, a true Chicago lefty activist, Amisha Patel, who pointed this out to me. Uh, years ago uh, that uh, Tulsi had some questionable issues 
regarding uh, relation, race relations or religious relations in this uh, in India. We'll leave it at that. Um, all right. Uh, so this gets to a larger issue, Ramana, that we talked about the last time you, you took the deep dive. I uh, will. And it has to do with, in general, uh, the ignorance that Americans have toward India. I mean, you could make the case about any country. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, it's just I mean, it's look, Amer- I'm going to cut everybody some slack. American politics is complicated enough. Chicago politics is complicated. Enough. Making sense of the gubernatorial campaign uh, in the state of Illinois is complicated enough. Then to take a deep dive and know what's going on uh, in a country on the other side of the world is really complicated. And I think most Americans, definitely most elected officials in the city of Chicago of the Democratic persuasion, just will go, whatever Raja says is OK with me. And but uh, it's, so go ahead. Talk about that. I think that's really sad that people look that way because that's what I was told when this um, ordinance was being considered by um, the city council. People were saying that, um, you know, they heard that whatever Raja wants, that's going to happen or whatever Raja thinks. But I don't know. You know, this is just I'm quoting what I was told. But the thing is, is this country, does every single American think the same? I think you would just I think you would disagree. So it's like it's crazy that people think that every single brown person thinks the same or we're all the same or we all have the same political beliefs. That's just insane. And to find out what's happening in India is not very hard. All you need to do is Google the BJP and you'll find many, many stories about what's happening in India. And, you know, I remember one of the things I I watched the city council um, vote on this resolution, this um, India resolution. Uh, and it was insane. All these aldermen are like, we don't, we don't ever do resolutions about what's happening overseas. We don't. And then I happened to actually call Alderman Haddon about something. And this is a couple months ago after I started the editorial board. And she pointed out to me, she goes, you know, we're actually considering, um, the city hall, um, is going to be considering a resolution on Ukraine. And I Googled it today and lo and behold, shocker, it was passed. It was about Ukraine and saying what's happening in the Ukraine is wrong. And or it was about solidarity with Ukraine. So that's just insane. So it's like if you really want to find out what's happening in a country, you can Google it very quickly. And to say that we're all divided on it, we are divided on it. But we do want, you know, a lot of people, a lot of Indians like me and not just Muslim Indians, a lot of Hindus, a lot of Sikhs, a lot of, um, you know, Jains, Christians, all these groups. There's a lot of Indians who don't agree with what's happening in India and to say that one Indian person represents all of us is just insane because if you know anything about Indian politics it's it's not everybody doesn't agree and so I don't think it's that hard to google to see or to see what's happening in India or learn about what's happening yourself I don't purport to be an expert on things that are happening all over the world but I do try to read about it I don't think that hurts for Americans to read about it but the problem is that what people don't realize is what's happening overseas is affecting the politics in the United States, because we're seeing that right now with, with the, you know, this whole episode with Peter Frederick, it is, it is affecting what's happening in the United States. I don't know if you saw the Washington post article um, from maybe a week or two ago, it was about how um, a, a woman from an oppressed caste wanted to talk to um, Google there's a lot of Indian Americans who work there 
And a lot of Indian Americans didn't want her to come there because they are saying, oh, that's not a problem here. But I've heard that caste and the way different people from different castes are treated because there's a lot of Indians in Silicon Valley, that's a major problem. And so there's been a lot of articles written about how, you know, how the society is in India is affecting how the society is in the United States. And that's definitely happening in the United States. And there is a certain group here that's a very right wing and they support what's happening in India and they want to pretend what's happening in India is, you know, okay or not happening. They're influencing a lot of the politicians here, including Democrats. Yeah. It's, uh, it's curious. I mean, Modi uh, and Trump were close. Yeah. And I want to say that uh, Trump appeared with him in, I think it was in Houston. I yeah. believe it was in Houston. Don't quote me on that. Okay, no, no, it was. No. It, was it was. And you it know was. who was there? Raja Krishnamurthy. He was the only Indian American congressman who appeared. They, even Tulsi Gabbard said that it was too much for her. I'm just saying this is true. I mean, I was just talking to one of the Indian activists before I got on with you. And they said he was the, there's a couple Indian American uh, congressmen. And he was the only one who appeared. And for someone who always is speaking out against Trump, they said it was very curious for him to come on stage with Trump and Modi and be okay with it. So what is that all about? That's I mean, what that, I'm saying that's what it is. Like when it comes to India, like a lot of people say that a lot of Indian Americans are very like, they'll be like, oh, I'm very like, you know, Black Lives Matter. And, you know, they're talking about the environment. But when it comes to India, they don't want to say what's happening in India is wrong. So it's very, it's a, it's a very interesting thing. And, um, I was talking to that professor from UFC today and he said that, you know, the interesting thing is it's not just right wing groups that a lot of these groups are infiltrating. They're also talking to a lot of Democrats and influencing how they think. And so he pointed out, he goes, by having, you know, you know, influencing Democrats, things like the city council resolution can be knocked down in a in a pretty liberal city. So he was pointing that out to me. And this is some a professor. Like, you know, I know a lot of people are gonna be like, Oh, you're just a crazy Muslim, you know. So, of course, you're going to say certain things like that, because Islamophobia is definitely is something that's very prevalent in the United States. And a lot of people don't know that much about Muslims. So, you know, we're kind of like, OK, so it's just a bunch of crazy Muslims, you know, they're getting they're getting persecuted and, you know, whatever. You know, when I say something, I mean, I can guarantee you right now the column that I write, I'm going to get a lot of hate mail um, from a lot of Indian American groups. And like, just like I did with the city council resolution and a lot of people start using slurs with my name and, you know, they start attacking my religion, you know? And so it's, it's something that I, I, it's, it's, it's expected because this, this, this right-wing groups in this, these Indian American right group, right-wing groups are very strong. And when people speak out, they, they just come out in full force. So I'm bracing for that. And and what has uh, Congressman Raja said? That's what he asked to be called when he used to come on the show. Yeah. Uh, what is what is what has he said? Uh, um, in the regard- congressman. So I want to be fair. I really do. I do want to hear what he has to say because I, I, you know, this is what everybody else is saying and has calling him out for years, saying like, why are you appearing are are appearing at these events and, you know, why did you go to Howdy Modi? That's what it was called. The thing that you know with Trump in Texas. And so I called his office actually today and I said, um, you know, I, 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 I posed the question. I said that I'm going to try to finish this article by Friday afternoon. And so I'm giving them time. I haven't heard back from them yet, but I gave them my number and I said, I'd like to hear from them and, you know, any sort of comments they had about Peter Frederick and um, anything about India and the accusations that he's too silent and 
isn't speaking out against what's happening in India. So I posed all those questions, but I haven't heard back from him yet. And if I, if I do, I, I do, I would like to hear from him. I, I do want to get his voice out there because he does deserve to be out there. I try to be fair when I do my columns, but you know, if nobody's going to get back to me, I, I can't, you know, comment, you know, I have to say that they didn't comment. So I, I still have a few days. I mean, maybe by the time it publishes, he will respond, but I did, I did say that I'm doing a column on this. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see uh, uh, how Jesse Jackson uh, handles it or operation uh, push handles it. I don't know who's in charge yeah, of that Twitter and account. I have to tell you. So after these tweets came out, um, these lefty Indians um, reached out to Jesse Jackson and said, Hey, can we talk to you? Cause we have some concerns. And they told me that they were supposed to meet with rainbow push yesterday. I mean, last week, and they said the meetings keeps getting postponed. And so they think they're going to, that they're waiting for the primaries and then they're going to meet with this group after mm-hmm. the elections. So. All right. Well, uh, we'll be watching. And then that also uh, 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 Jesse Jackson, uh, son, uh, Jonathan yeah. Jackson is in a very heated uh, election for, to replace Bobby Rush yep. as congressman of the first congressional. I think there's like 15 candidates in that race, Ron. It's, and whoever cuts the plurality is the winner. So my guess is, is that the Jacksons do not want to get uh, caught into a distraction, if you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's that, something a lot of people pointed out to me, too, which I should point out to as well. Yeah. And so they may hold back. Uh, and <laughs> probably kicking himself for, uh, for putting out the tweet, which I, I listen, guys, I'm not saying this because I love Jesse Lewis Jackson. I'm saying this because I just don't believe Jesse Jackson handles his own Twitter page. That's all. I agree. I, I agree. And, and he doesn't write that column that runs under his name in the Sun-Times either. OK, <laughs> so no, no I'm just put no that comment. out there, ladies and gentlemen. No In fact, Rob Emanuel has never written anything that had his name on it. All right. As long as I'm going down this path, let me just continue. All right. I, all right. Um, I know uh, you're pressed for time. Uh, you, you're heading out somewhere. So uh, uh, we'll uh, close, close down with uh, your recommendations, something we do uh, every time you're on the show. Uh, I know one uh, recommendation that only uh, Ramana actually um, is the only one that can go do this, but uh, as I understand it, a little birdie told me, a little birdie named Ramana, uh, that you will be seeing Jackson Brown at Ravinia. Is that correct? Is yes. my source correct? Yes, I'm going with a bunch of my girlfriends, South Asian girlfriends, and and, and Mick. Mick is very odd. <laughs> I told Mick at least, Mick is like, wait, so no guys are going? I'm like, well, they thought you'd be interested in nobody wanted to bring their husbands. And I, I was, I, I told him, I'm like, at least I'm being nice and invited you. So yeah, we just thought Mick, Mick was like, don't you guys want to see common or Erica Badu that w- Jackson Brown to tell, to give Mick some leeway. Cause I know you're making fun of me for going to see Jackson Brown, but yeah. um, Mick, that wasn't Mick's first choice. He wants to see Diana Ross. And oh, I so, love Diana Ross. So he, you might have to go with him <laughs> because I said, Oh, I don't, I, I don't <laughs> So, I mean, I, my, but I, I'll go with Nick. I mean, you know. Oh, my God. I've seen Diana Ross at Ravinia. I don't know how good she is. And let me just say this. This is the, this is the baby boomer talking. This is this old guy who's stuck in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. Uh, and so it's funny I'm making fun of Ramona because she's going to see an old baby boomer named Jackson Brown. Uh, but I just love her, Diana Ross. I love the Supremes. Uh, I still listen to her music. And I drag my poor wife, who's such a good sport, all the way to Ravinia. 
uh, we bought seats. We were in a pavilion. And uh, sitting right behind us, by the way, was uh, Willie Wilson. Yeah, oh, Willie wow. Wilson was right behind me. I was like, what? Willie Wilson, I can't get away from you, and you can't get away from me. Uh, And we both enjoyed tremendously Diana Ross. So, uh, yeah. Well, curious uh, if when you compare and contrast. Yeah, she's. I'm she's, not a Jackson Brown fan. I'm, yeah, she's, I she's playing in September. Me. I like some of Jackson Brown's song. I'm not going to lie. I actually saw him open for Tom Petty like years ago. So, I mean, I, I'm, like I'm, gen, I'm Generation Xer. So, I, I did grow up with some classic rock. I grew up with classic rock, which is going to be a tangent to like, I mean, this kind of kind of eases into my recommendation, which is a recommendation to like dissect this like, you know, group, the Sex Pistols. So I'm watching the Sex Pistols show on Hulu. And I have a lot of comments on that because I I do like punk music. But when I was a teenager and everybody else liked the Sex Pistols, I tried to like, I tried to get myself to like the Sex Pistols. And I listened to one of their songs or two of their songs. And I'm like, this sounds terrible. And what are they saying? They just sound like crazy people. Anyway, Flash forward to like many, many years now that I'm an old woman, Mick is like, you know, Mick is like a, you know, he likes all kinds of music and he, he does like one album by the Sex Pistols and he's like, let's watch this show. I think this is by Danny Boyle, the guy who, um, he's done a lot of, is it Danny Boyle? Hopefully I'm saying the right name. But anyway, um, I like the director and I was like, fine, I'll watch it. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's basically how the Sex Pistols formed. It's a six part episode. I've only watched half. But just watching half, I told Mick, like, my thoughts on the show so far. And I go, yeah, it's a very interesting show because their lives intersected with Chrissy Hind. And, um, God, why am I forgetting the designer's name? This is, like, a very popular designer um, who she she kind of, like, she kind of created the Sex Pistols from based on what this show is. And the show is based on one of the guy's memoirs, like, one of the Sex Pistols memoirs. His name was Steve Jones. Anyway, I'm watching this, and I told Mick, I'm like, you know, I'm watching this, and this is just an example of white, mediocre men being elevated to this point. I mean, this is an example of how people can be white and mediocre and still be called legends. Because Mick keeps like going, oh, I understand what you're saying, but they're such an influence. And literally, these guys couldn't play their instruments. And I was thinking, I told Mick, I'm like, you know, if someone gave me a guitar and I just scream things, I mean, people would call me a terrorist. They'd be like, what is this person doing? And these guys are just like, it's like white rage. And I told Mick, I'm like, if I saw these guys walking down the street, I would be scared of them. I can tell you that much. And I don't know if you know Johnny Rotten. Johnny Rotten is one of the band members who's still alive. And so he's a real, he's basically a Trump supporter now. So it's like, I'm watching this as someone who know, you know, someone who knows what happened to like half the band and Sid Vicious, um, who's also like, you know, put on this pedestal. And everybody always says that Sid and Nancy were one of the like greatest like couples of all time. The guy killed his girlfriend and then like dies of an overdose. And I'm like, why is that so romantic? I remember watching Sid and Nancy as a young woman and, I thought I would like it. And I came out of it being like, these people are really disturbing. So that's how I'm feeling right now with the sex pistols. But it's a, it's an interesting time, time capsule just to watch like these guys become famous and how they became famous. And I guess they, you know, kind of were working class white people in England and very uh, upset with the establishment, which is fine. But as we can see, Johnny Rotten became someone who became part of the establishment, which is what happens to a lot of baby boomers. Eric Clapton oh my God. is another one. Yeah. So anyway, um, uh, well, yeah. he's actually in, in defense of baby boomers. I not quite. I think he's a little older than a baby boomer, but he's Exhibit A 
of a, just a total, oh, don't get me started on Erica. We did a whole show, by the yeah, way. Yeah. On but it, anyway, on I, it. I, I think. And with a, no, with a different guest. Yeah. Uh, and we ripped the hell out of Erica. And I, I got to tell you, I have a confession. Uh, Romana, don't hold this against me. I can't stand punk music. I know you told uh, me that. And uh, I was a disco guy. And I, and you know, this is really embarrassing because now I'm everybody, like all the Jackson Brown fans are going to hate me. All the, uh, the punk rock fans are going to hate me. I mean, it's just noise. And it's like, and you're right. At least the monkeys could play their own instruments. I'm just saying that, Johnny Rotten. The monkeys. The, oh, that's ancient. That's I do. Funny. I do like the monkeys, and I, if if I'm uncool for liking the monkeys over the Sex Pistols, I'm fine with that. So, oh, oh, the designer was Vivian Westwood. She's like a huge designer. The funny thing is, like Mick has no idea who she is, and I'm like, you know, this this woman is like a yeah. big designer, and I'm like, you know, she, I guess you know, I knew she had some sort of ties with the Sex Pistols, but I didn't know it was that. I think you should watch it just to let me know what you think about it. And the other shows I want to watch is Miss Marvel. Because um, I do want to watch because about a Pakistani Muslim uh, superhero. I'm not a superhero person, but I want to watch it. And uh, a family friend of mine whose dad was mixed vet, you know, mixed cat, our cat's vet a long time ago. Um, he's he's in it. So basically, this guy's son. This guy ended up being mixed vet before Mick and I met. <laughs> so like mixed vet. Uh, happened to be a family friend of ours yeah so i'm just saying his son his son is in miss marvel okay cameo he plays a food truck guy so he's a family friend of ours and so i want to watch it because he's in it and i i did watch under the banner of heaven which is um a mormon murder mystery which is pretty interesting too i don't know if you'd be into that but Nah, nah, crack hours i'm not a fan of his all right uh so i will just close with this my utter obsession and i'm curious to have you watch it just to get your take on it uh hustle which is the latest adam sandler movie which is on netflix i've been urging everyone to watch it i heard dj nate the producer of this particular segment to watch it i urge dr d who's a producer of my uh daily show to watch it pretty much everybody i talk to who likes basketball i urge them to watch it uh or if they like adam sandler uh and so ramana i know you're probably not a big adam sandler fan but the guy is a good actor. I don't care what no, anybody I mean, says. I was, I was actually um, pretty impressed with him in Uncut Gems. I mean, I didn't like, I didn't like his character. Gems. I thought he was so slimy and gross, but he did a good job playing him. Yes, absolutely. Uh, totally slimy, totally gross, uh, but just consistent from the start to the finish. Uh, and a different character in this, mo- in, in this movie, total different vibe coming out of him. Great basketball sequences if, if you're... Uh, in the basketball, I urge everybody to watch it for that. And then some fantastic cameo performance by uh, NBA players who are showing their ability to act. Uh, the uh, Anthony Edwards, who plays for the Minnesota Timberwolves, plays the bad guy in this uh, show, and he's sensational. This guy's got a future in acting, uh, Anthony Edwards. So that's my recommendation, Romana. Uh, it, make sure you watch it with Mick. I think he... Yeah, uh, I'll, watch, like- I'll watch that with Mick. Well, the thing is, like, I... There's another show that I have, like, which I talked about, Pachinko. Like, oh, yeah, I give you talk. We talked about our book club. Mick's part of my book yes. club, and he's reading it right now. So um, I'm waiting for him to finish that. We're going to watch that. But we can also put that on the list, and I'll tell Mick about it. Um, the only have you pop- watched Barry? Have we? T- have you ever no. recommended Barry to me? No. It's a HBO show that. I've heard of it, but I'm just telling you when I watch shows with Mick, it's very slow because (laughs) he only wants to watch shows on the weekends. He can't watch TV on the weekdays, but he's okay with basketball on the weekdays. So 
Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, we're running on empty. Uh, that's a Maxie <laughs> Brown reference. Yeah, yeah thank you. I, ladies and gentlemen, just a little showing me that I do know Jack some of his songs. Unlike the Sex Pistols, I don't know any of their songs, but I actually I shouldn't. There are a couple songs by Jack. I like their song for every man. I think it's called. Um, but uh, anyway, Romana, a great job. Uh, that I have not read it yet, but your reporting is sensational. You covered every base, and uh, you tell it passionately. Uh, and you're a voice. I've said this all along. That Chicago really needs. So, uh, thank you, whoever uh, hired Ramana to be a columnist. And I'm not quite sure who that person was. Lorraine, uh, Lorraine, I, my boss, who's great. Lorraine, okay, she used to come on the show every now and then. Then she got Ben. I'm too busy. She can still come on the show. I'll tell her. Uh, yeah, tell her to come on the show. I'm too busy, Ben. Anyway, uh, Ramana, have a great time uh, at the concert, and we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. All right. Okay. All right, that's a great Romano Hussein. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody. Bye.